Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. My name is Jamie, and I'm your host, and here we are, smack dab in the middle of June, and I'm excited. I love the summer. I love you with my family. Uh, June is actually a busy month for us, and July is kind of a chill month, but whatever you're doing, I hope that today you're going to be encouraged by the conversation that I have with Alyssa Bethke. Alyssa is not the first Bethke to have on the show. Her husband, Jeff, was actually on last year, episode 336. And here we are, episode 399 with Alyssa. And how fun that we're almost to 400 episodes. Also, how fun that Alyssa in the show tells me that she listened to my podcast years ago when it first started. And here we are having her on the show today, which I am so excited about her being on the show today. Her and her husband, Jeff, they live in Hawaii, in Maui, and have three kids, age seven, five, and two. So today we talk a lot about motherhood and parenting young kids and how she is finding satisfaction, uh, not just in the things of her life and the people in her life, but finding satisfaction in Jesus in this particular season that she's in. She just released her brand new book, Satisfied, Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment Right Where You Are. The book just came out yesterday, so I hope you've had a chance to maybe check it out. And if you haven't, after you listen to our show, I know you're going to want to get your hands on a copy of that book. Also, you guys, over on our YouTube channel, you can find that by going to youtube.com and then my name, so slash Jamie Ivy. I talked with Alyssa about our dreams and our calling and what that looks like in different seasons of our life. Uh, And we have that exclusive bonus content over on YouTube where you can watch us have a conversation about that. Again, it's youtube.com slash Jamie Ivy. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Alyssa Bethke. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to the happy hour. Oh, thanks, Jamie. This is a dream come true to be on today. Well, it's a dream come true over here as well, because let me tell you, your other half, Jeff, was on the show Mm -hmm. in November, and now here it is June, and here you are. So it's like you guys are six months apart, and this is just the best thing at the happy hour to have all the besties (laughs) now. That's so sweet. Well, I was thinking about it today. Even though we've had a podcast for a long time, I think yours is the first podcast I actually ever listened to like, and would look forward to it every week. Like, oh, I'm so excited that I get to listen to Jamie and everybody you interviewed. It was like, oh, it was the best. I still remember so many interviews. That's so like from years ago. I love love your show. You're so kind. I got in early. So we just in May had our seven year birthday for the happy hour, which I now listen to. I mean, so many shows. I can't even keep up. And you guys, everyone has such great shows. Uh, But I hear often they're like, Jamie, yours was the first show. And then I'm like this little gateway podcast drug. And next thing you know, you listen to podcasts all the time. So I love it. I know. I know. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Okay, introduce us to your family. If y'all didn't hear, her husband Jeff was on episode Mm -hmm. 336, but you introduce us to your family today. Yes, so my name is Alyssa and I'm married to Jeff and we live in Hawaii. We live in Maui. We have three kids, Kinsley, Cannon, and Lucy, who are seven, five, and two. And we get to just do anything and everything that's creative to share about Jesus. So we have a YouTube, a podcast, we write books, we have a TV show on Yippee, just any creative outlet we can, we get to do so. And we get to do it online. So that's why we live in Hawaii. 
That is so great. I mean, if you can do something online, why not be in Hawaii, which is just right. the thing where <laughs> I've never actually been to Hawaii. My husband Aaron and I were talking about it the other day and we were talking with a couple at dinner and they have a their daughter is thinking about moving to Hawaii for a little bit because mm-hmm. she can. And I'm like, of course, yes, please do. <laughs> but we've never been. And I just saw that I think it's Hawaiian Airlines, which Lindsay, who works with me, this is going to make her day. They have straight plane tickets from Austin to wherever you would fly to Hawaii right now. Yes. And I'm like, yes. Aaron, this is our time. We need to go. You guys need to come. Come stay with us. You can stay in our little B&B. What is travel like right now with COVID in Hawaii? I actually haven't traveled <laughs> since last March. Jeff, you just, um, it's open now, but you just have to take a COVID test and get a negative one like within 22 hours before you land. You're not having to quarantine like you were before? No, you don't have to. I mean, when you get there. Okay. Right. But if you have a positive, then you have to quarantine. So it's kind of, it's a little risky. It is a risky, (laughs) but here's the deal. I mean, we, our family flew to Mexico during COVID and that was the thing, Mm -hmm. like, you know, what if we end up? And I thought there would be worse places to be stuck for two weeks. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Okay. Right. Darn. I mean, we shouldn't joke about COVID because it's very serious. But and people, right, you know, right. you can't just be stuck in another city for weeks on end and live life. But you are in mm-hmm. Hawaii. So that's lovely. It's true. Okay. I love all the things that you and Jeff are doing. And last time he was on, I think he alluded to this new Lego thing that him and your daughter are doing, which I think is amazing. Yes. But one of the things I love following you guys on Instagram is what you guys are building now, this bed and breakfast. So can you tell us, (laughs) you guys just have the gift of hospitality and that Mm -hmm. comes through in everything that you do. Can you give us a little bit of the backstory behind this? Sure. Well, let me just tell you, we've been married almost nine years now, and I'm finally realizing that Jeff will always have a new business idea role like coming out. I always thought like, this is just this one time and nope, it's like, we're just always going to be doing this. So during COVID, I think he had like six new business ideas hatch and form. And one of those, it's actually, we've been dreaming for years now of having some type of property. We never knew if it'd be on the mainland or here and just being able to host people, having kind of a retreat for them. We know so many people on the mainland that are pastors and um, work in ministry or leaders and just need a place to rest and retreat and like a place of shalom to Sabbath. So about like right during COVID, we're like, oh, this place needs to happen in Hawaii. And so it's kind of crazy because Hawaii is insanely priced. So we're like, this just has to be the Lord. So we just prayed and prayed and prayed. And Jeff was on Zillow every day for like two years. And so finally during COVID, this place showed up. It actually was, there was a different place first that we put an offer in, like the first date was on the market and things are going crazy right now. There was like five offers all on the same day. And so we got, we were like the backup offer that got accepted, even though we offered over asking. And I just was like, this is it. And when we weren't accepted, I was so devastated, but we just kept praying And then that real estate agent who was representing that house, like we really bonded with him. And so like a month later, he's like, hey, this new house hasn't even gone on market yet. I think it's even better than what you guys like. I think it's more suited to what you guys want to do, you know, if you're interested. And so we went up the weekend before it even went on market, which usually is unheard of. 
And it was way better, like exactly for what we wanted to do. We just, you know, we wanted to have like a barn for events and we wanted to have a place to host people and have some property. And so we put an offer in and he accepted, which was crazy. We put in the offer. He accepted on Sunday. It went on market on Monday just because they have to show like it's there and it's pending. Like it went crazy. Everybody wanted to buy it, but like, oh, it's already (laughs) like spoken for. And we even had this guy who was the backup offer for this house that we got. And he, we found out like a month into it that he had offered the other real estate agent $100,000 to make it go sour. Like, I'll give you $100,000 if you just make this offer go bad. Like $100,000 in the real estate agent's pocket? Yes, in their pocket. And this real estate agent who represented the house, so not us, follows us and is a believer. And she was like, I just have to tell you what's going on. And we're like, oh my gosh. So then two weeks before it closed, the backup offer came to us directly. And like, we'll give you $100,000 if you just walk away. (laughs) So all that to say, we did not walk away. We were like, this is crazy. But so we have this place now that it's not right on the beach. It's like up country, but there's some property and above the garage is like this huge apartment that we're remodeling so that we can host people. And we built a barn to do events and have retreats at. And so we're pretty stoked on it. This sounds amazing. But my first two thoughts are A, who is throwing away $100,000 and B, does this happen in the real estate market where people are like, I'm thinking like slide you a 20. No, we're sliding (laughs) $100,000. I know. Well, we told some real estate friends of ours, they're like, oh yeah, that actually happens a lot. We were shocked by it. Wow. I can't even imagine. So gutsy. but Well, the market here in Austin is like that as well. And so it's just crazy. I'm sure there's a bunch of $100,000 sliding other places as well. So you guys (laughs) actually are living here as well. This is your home plus a hosting place, not two separate things. Yes. Yeah. So we'll live there. But it'll be, it's nice because like the part that people will pay to stay at is a little removed from our house. So yeah, but we're really looking forward to, what do you call that? In over our heads with remodels right now, but hopefully be moved in in the next couple months. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, has this been a kind of foundational important thing for you guys and your family over the nine years y'all been married, this hospitality and hosting people? Has that been something, a value of y'all's? It really has. It's funny because I don't think we would have gone into marriage saying that that was a pillar of our marriage or our family. But I mean, right off the bat, which I wouldn't recommend, (laughs) but our first year of marriage, we had a girl from Norway live with us and we both led, we led a college ministry. So we both had Bible studies and would have like my girls and his guys over. I remember his guys came over and I made them dinner (laughs) and I was this, you know, new bride hardly knew what I was doing for cooking. And I had five football guys come over to eat and I didn't know what to make. So I made spaghetti and I didn't have enough. So I pulled out our leftovers from our wedding that had been frozen for like seven months and I reheated it. Oh <laughs> and I'm thinking, gosh. what was I doing with leftovers in my freezer for seven months? But so yeah, we've just always hosted people. Always have loved it. And then when we moved to Maui, it's funny when you move to Hawaii, people start to come out of the woodworks, like people you weren't even that close with, all of a sudden you're best friends with because they want to come stay with you. Yeah. And so when we first moved, we had this house that was, what do you call that? Like a a split level. Mm -hmm. So the bottom level was perfect for hosting. And so we had so many people stay with us and 
we just realized we really love this and we live in a place where people want to come and visit and retreat as a family. So yeah. And now that we have younger kids, it's really fun to do it with them. Like when we have people over for dinner, they'll set the table and they'll write cards to them and they'll pick out, you know, they'll cut greenery for the table. It's really sweet. You know, I know that one of the things that you guys, your family and you and your husband are really passionate about is this idea of of creating family atmosphere and creating a place for family. And I think that I've heard one of you guys talk about how we have lost the art of, you know, multi-generations in our families. And, and although sometimes that's not possible with, you know, people being sick or, or health issues or living far away, but I do see you guys doing that in other ways. And so can you talk a little bit about that passion that you guys have? Because having three young kids, I mean, there are a lot of people who are listening who have kids around your age, seven, five, and two. And their first thought is like, I'm just so dadgum tired. Like, I can't mm. imagine thinking about feeding anyone yeah. else because I'm so tired <laughs> of feeding these people. We had dinner with some friends last night and they have four kids, five and under. And I left and mm. I sent her a text and I was like, you're doing a great job because this is hard, mm. hard work. But talk about yeah. the value of that you guys see with this family, even multi-generational or bringing in other people. What does that value bring to your family? We just see that God's design is for family. Like he says, one of the biggest ways to share the gospel that he uses in the Bible is marriage and family. And obviously, if you're not married or don't have a, you know, your own family, that doesn't mean you don't share the gospel at all. But we all live in a family. We all have family. And this is a vehicle God uses to proclaim the gospel with people. And families are all different. And sometimes there's a lot of brokenness. But just even if it's not your personal family, but like just having older people, mentors in your life too, that your kids will grow up and like love or, you know, like we in Hawaii, we call, we don't say Mr. or Mrs., we say auntie and uncle. And so for birthday parties, we, you know, the kids invite their friends and then we invite their parents. And it's like, these are the auntie and uncles that cover you, that love you, that we hope that you'll have relationships with, that you can go and talk to when you get older or we'll teach you something, you know, that like Kinsley, our oldest, is a very strong personality. She's very much like Jeff. She's going to be a really strong woman who I know the Lord's going to use in mighty ways. And so I want to surround her with women who like love the Lord and are strong, like that are leading and really smart and wise and that she can have them to look up to. And so a lot of the times we do have that in our families, like our parents, our grandparents, and just being creative with how to integrate them into our family. So Jeff's mom you know, lives in Washington. We live in Hawaii, but on Tuesday nights, we have a Zoom call with her or FaceTime and she'll just read kids books to them. Like she reads boxcar children to them. And so it's a really sweet way for them to get to know their grandma and for her to just hang out with them. And so being really creative with, even if you don't live with them, of how to invite them into your life. Yeah. What a great idea that is. I mean, we're all thinking about Zoom and FaceTime and, you know, because of 2020, but that I'm sure you guys started that way before COVID. And then that can continue even on after of having those grandparents read stories to their kids, uh, to their yeah. grandkids. Uh, you know, we've seen that in our own life as well of involving older people. And, and I'll tell you, as a mom whose kids are, are past your seven, five and two, and we're in the teenager stage, it even gets better because you're surrounding your kids with people who they think are real cool, they look up to, yeah. <laughs> and these people love Jesus like crazy. And so you're like, come be around my kids as much as you want, because we need each other in our families yes. and our parenting for sure. 
Okay, so this is super mm-hmm. exciting for you because the show is airing, and yesterday you released a book into the world. So, A, <laughs> congratulations, because that is no small thing. Your new book, yes. it's called <laughs> Satisfied, Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment Right Where You Are, which I feel like I could read this book on a weekly basis and get something out of it. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. But I do, before we get into the book, because I think I have a suspicion there's a funny story here. Before we started recording, I said, okay, I'm confused. Like, I thought your original release date was in May, but now I see it's June 15th. Yeah. What's happening? Am I right? What's going on? And then you mm-hmm. were beginning to tell me, and I was like, nope, the whole world needs to hear this. So why two release dates? What happened? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Well, it was May 18th. And then I just found out I'm such a grandma with technology. I don't really know a lot of current news events. And so about a week ago, my publisher called and they're like, you know, we're going to have to push back your book date because your books are still on the boat. There was the Seuss Canal crisis where a boat got stuck in the Seuss Canal and it blocked all the boats for like two weeks. And my books are coming from China and they already take a while to like print and come. And all the books are still on the boat and we don't know when they're going to dock. And so we're going to have to wait, um, push it back. So it's kind of a funny story and I'm not surprised so at all. I think it's, it's hilarious like, because oh, okay. I was watching that boat to see how they were going to get that boat out. And now I know that your books were being held up because yes. of that boat. That is so crazy. <laughs> I know. June 15th, yesterday, your books released yes. and mm-hmm. really excited. So talk to us, where did this idea come from for you? to talk about being satisfied with Jesus right where you are. Yeah. So about three years ago, I found myself and you could think that my life was perfect. I just, I feel like the Lord gave me so many of my dreams. We lived in Hawaii. He gave me a husband and three beautiful kids. Not that our life was perfect at all, but I just felt like, man, like I have so many things that I've asked the Lord for and I've dreamed of for so long. And I still found myself being dissatisfied. I would numb out. I would have an exhausting day and just scroll through social media. I would feel insecure about the comparison and wondering what's my place? What has the Lord called me to? And just, you know, found myself going to every other outlet to fill up this void in my heart. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Alyssa, like, why don't you come away with me and I'll remind you of your first love and let me satisfy your heart. And so it really was this journey of being present with the Lord and having His presence meet me in the day-to-day. And so then when I started to write the book, I actually, it was one of the hardest years Jeff and I have gone through so far, not in our marriage, but just in life, business things and relationships and hard conversations. And it was so difficult. And I felt as I was writing it that the Lord, I kind of wrote it as a journal. And it was like me finding my satisfaction in the Lord as the day's seemed really mundane. I had a newborn. It seemed really hard and exhausting. And all these hard things were happening. And his journey with me of just showing me his love and how he heals when we grieve and how he meets us in the really hard and the really ordinary days. And so I turned the book in I was so excited and also felt like so naked. Like, is anyone going to like this? I don't know if it's good at all. So a month later, my publisher called and she was just like, you know, Alyssa, this isn't quite what I was hoping it'd be. I think we need to totally rewrite it. And then we joked because I was like, oh, she wasn't satisfied with it. But I was so grateful. I mean, not at the time. I wept and I cried for a really long time. But once I 
you know, gathered myself, I was so thankful that the Lord gave me a second chance to write it. It was almost like, okay, the Lord led me through this season of finding my satisfaction in Him. And now I get to go back and reflect it and experience it again. Like, okay, Lord, how do you satisfy us in these moments? And it was really, I'm just really grateful. I feel like I learned to do really hard things. I really learned to rely on the Spirit, that He is my strength, that He will give me the words to say. And He really, met with me as I wrote those words. And so that's my hope is that when you get this book and you read it, you will feel like you're in the presence of the Lord and you will get to experience His love satisfying us and satisfying you. Oh, I love that so much. And I think it's a timely message, I think, that can apply to women and men in so many different seasons. Because I think there is this lie that we sometimes believe that once I can just get past this season— then I feel satisfied. Yeah. Once I could just get past this, mm-hmm. I'll be hopeful and joyful and content. And the enemy is lying to mm-hmm. us because really God's like, I have that for you right now, right now, right here. And so mm-hmm. as you are parenting such small children, which I know a lot of my listeners are, there is this, when you said the mundane and the ordinary, I mean, mm-hmm. it feels like Groundhog Day some days. Like this, we yeah. just did this yesterday and we're doing it again. <laughs> How are some of the ways that you really are finding joy and contentment in the middle of the very everyday normal life of raising three kids? Yeah, that is such a good question. And I feel it's funny because I wrote about it and then I feel like I'm walking through it right now. Like, And it's not even necessarily that it's mundane right now. It's just really hard. Like all my kids are walking through difficult things in their hearts. And so it can feel like, Lord, like I just was praying this morning, like, I don't want to have the courage to show up again today for my reality and to be for their hearts again and to pour into their hearts again and show them mercy and to walk through them in these things that I'm praying for. And so I think, man, so many things come to my mind. I think one is I just have to meet with the Lord in the morning, whether it's five minutes or I get to go for a walk or it's like a sweet half hour praying on my knees to the Lord and just reminding my heart of truth, you know, being in his word, taking of scripture, meditating on it, and then praying it over to him and having him meet me in my everyday moment. And today, you know, I was feeling those things and then I looked out and the sun was starting to rise. And so I went outside and there was this gorgeous sunset. And I just was reminded of Lamentations 3, like his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His tender compassion is for me today and for my kids. And as I meet with him, I he will strengthen me to pour out that tender mercy to my kids. And so starting there, and I think so many people, even if you're not a mom of little kids, we all understand what that feels like. That's kind of what COVID was, like that Groundhog's Day. It's like, wow, what do I have to look forward to? Like every day feels the same. We have a Polaroid and we started to take a picture every day just to remember the day. And it was so sweet to have all these pictures hanging up in our wall. And it was like, oh, like that little moment that we ate hot dogs on a picnic blanket in front of our yard. I loved that moment that day. Or when we sat and did bubbles with the kids, or I took 10 minutes out of my day and painted my two-year-old's nails. And it was so sweet. Like just taking those little moments, capturing them and remembering they don't have to be really big moments. And even in the midst of the day when maybe there's tantrums or something goes crazy or, you know, all these things, like just that 10 minutes that day, that was so sweet. And that's what I'm going to focus on and remember. Like the other couple weeks ago, 
Cannon, our five-year-old, found this like frozen daiquiri mix in our freezer that had literally been in there for probably four years. You guys probably are laughing. You think that you're like, I don't want to come to your house and eat like everything's frozen for years. And he was like, mom, can we make this? And so finally I was like, okay, yeah. So I blended it up. I had these leftover straws with umbrellas in it. And we just sat by our front door and drank it for five minutes because they guzzled it. But it was such a sweet moment of like, okay, that was like the highlight of my week. It took five minutes. It was something out of the ordinary. And it was just a memory that we made where I was fully present. I didn't have my phone or didn't have to think about all the to-dos at our house. It was just a sweet moment with the kids. So I think looking for those like magic moments that don't have to be amazing, but it's just we're fully present and it's out of the ordinary and then capturing it. I love that so much. The truth is like we can have that little bitty moment and then we can have some really hard things with our kids and we can go to bed at night and only Mm -hmm. think about the really hard things. And the hard things are worth thinking about and they're worth dwelling on in in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And like, how do we help our kids? But also to have the, the end of the day to go, you know what? There were some really hard things. But man, those frozen daiquiris on the porch, you know, those were amazing to have with the kids in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, you said something, Alyssa, while ago, you said about being for their hearts and, you know, wanting to be for their hearts. And, Mm -hmm. And I want you to expand on that a little bit as far as what that looks like as a mom and parenting to not just be, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming not just be for their behavior to look different, but for the heart. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Man, I'm learning so much about that right now. I just finished Paul David Tripp's book, Parenting. Like I have it on my desk and I want to dive into it. Oh my gosh. I think it'll be a book that I just read like just have on my nightstand and read my whole life as I'm parenting. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it gives such a good theology, philosophy, perspective on parenting. And I'm learning so much about my kids. I can't control them. I can't control their choices or their hearts. And my deepest desire for them is that they would adore Jesus and know him and walk with him. And just learning that they're all in process. Like it's not like we have a conversation one time and it's like, yep, did it. Yes, I'm a good parent. Like they learned that. It's like, oh no, 30 minutes later, okay, we're having the same conversation. We're going to talk about this again. So I'm learning so much about that, but really that book and what I'm learning is that it's not about their behavior. And that's hard because that's all that we, that's what we see. That's what we want to change or control or what, you know, when you're a grocery store and your kid acts out and you're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I need to change that behavior. But it's going past that and saying, no, what's in their heart? Why are they acting that way? I want to be about the heart there and knowing God is for their heart. God is for them to worship him and to be worshipers of Jesus. And so I'm going to be for my child's heart more than their behavior. And I'm not going to try to control. I'm not going to be embarrassed or all those things. It's just, I get to be vessel of his grace. I get to be a vessel of training them to know Jesus and what he says, to do battle with them, to raise them, to know Jesus and what yeah, what his word says. And so we get to be ambassadors for him. And it's really difficult. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. But just changing that perspective of, 
oh, okay, this is this is a long game. It's not just like this one behavior. It's having their hearts know the kindness of Jesus and then live in that. And that's what, and that takes time. And I think starting with us, like we, we're in process. We need God's mercy. We need his forgiveness. We need his grace each day. I lose it with my kids sometimes. I'm impatient. I'm not as compassionate, but God's gracious to me. And so as I dwell in that, I'm going to be gracious to my kids. And I just want to show them the kindness of the Lord and have their hearts worship him. Like that's what it's about. How does your ability to be satisfied right where you are, how does that change the way you parent? Oh man, so, like a thousand percent, you know? And it's not like I've I've arrived. It's not like I'm fully satisfied in the Lord and I check that off and I'm this amazing parent. It's like every moment and every day I'm having to go back and remind myself of truth and to remind myself of His love and how He meets with me. I've been thinking so much about... Isaiah 55 lately about how, you know, here's God and he's saying like, I've set this feast before you. I've set the table and I'm asking you to come and to take part, to be satisfied with this rich and good food. And we're going to talk and we're going to like talk about the hard things and I'm going to meet you here and be present with you. And then you can go out in joy and peace. I love that verse at the very end. I think it's verse 12 or 13. And so I think that's what we have to do as people, as women, as leaders, as moms, whatever role you have is to come into the presence of God, to come and feast at his table and like to come just as you are. You don't have to like figure it out or get all dressed up and put on your makeup, you know, in like a metaphorical sense, like our burdens are what qualify us to come to the table of Jesus. Like it says, like those that have no money come and eat and buy. And and so we get to come and just be with him and be present with him, whether that looks like the 30 minutes in the morning, or if it's like, we've, I've been talking so much about was it John Wesley's wife who would like put up her apron because she had however many kids and was like, I just need to pray right now in the midst of the chaos, like to just come and be with him and remind ourselves to anchor ourselves in his love and his word. And then we can be joy-filled parents. Mm. Then we can be peaceful parents. And I think, you know, it's just that idea of like, we have to, it's out of his love that we love. And so we have to fill up with his love in order to give love. And when I'm not doing that, when I'm, running on empty when I'm trying to just perform and do and like don't abide in the Lord, then I'm not a good mom. Like I am not peaceful. I'm most the time really impatient or frustrated or not gracious because I'm not giving grace, accepting God's grace to me. And so, yeah, starting with, you know, our hearts with the Lord and being present with him. And then we can go out and pour that love out to others. It's so true. And, you know, that's what I think it mm-hmm. has to do with everything, not just parenting, like in our marriages and our co-working spaces and how we're loving and giving people that love really is affected by how much time we're spending with God yeah. and how we're feeling that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that just this morning because in the stage of life that I'm in right now, I have the the freedom and the flexibility to drive to my office in the morning. Like it's away from my house. My kids all go <laughs> to school. And then I spend the first 30 to 45 minutes reading my Bible and praying praying and and I'm trying to start journaling because I'm not a journaler, but everyone says I should be. So <laughs> I'm doing those things. And I started thinking this morning, I think I just have young kids in my brain because I told you we had dinner last night with some friends that have mm-hmm. really young kids. And I started thinking, wow, I remember as a mom to young kids feeling so defeated mm-hmm. because I no longer had that 30 uninterrupted time in the morning to really set the tone yeah. and set the day. 
And I just really want to encourage these young moms that you may not have that, but you can still get mm-hmm. it somehow. So what does it look like for you? Does it look the same every day? Does it change? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you spending time really, really like investing in God's word for you and also parenting three kids under the age of seven? Truthfully for me, I think it's just because I'm an introvert, <laughs> like realizing I can say that I'm an introvert and I really need that time in the morning by myself before I can like give out to my kids. And granted, during the newborn phase and all that, I haven't had that time. So it looked like my baby sleeping on the bed next to me while I have my Bible or like just opening the Jesus Storybook Bible and reading to my kids and bawling or like listening to- every you know? time I read that to my kids. I <laughs> yes, love that I was book like, so Jesus, much. Jesus, <laughs> thank you. Or listening to Christy Knuckles, her lullaby album, and like while I'm rocking my babies and just weeping because I'm like, Lord, thank you that you're in this moment and that you're with me. Like, And I think I learned through the newborn phases that it's really like it's all throughout the day. The Lord meets with us all throughout the day. It's not just the 30 minutes in the morning or the 30 minutes at night, but it's like, and I'm re- even learning that now, like I do get that time in the morning just because it's really important to me. I really like my coffee. So I'll go to bed early to wake up early and have that time. But also, you know, there's, I feel like for so many years of my Christian walk, it was like, I did it, I checked it off and then I went about my day. And I'm like, no, that's not how it should be either. And I am learning and growing and trying to really be aware of God's presence throughout the day. So maybe that looks like at lunch when I serve, you know, frozen pizza to my kids that's heated up, I pull out that every holy moment book and just read a bless a table blessing or a prayer and it recenters my heart or I just 10 minutes in the afternoon, I'll make a little coffee and just pull out my journal and copy copy work, like take a psalm and I'll just copy it. Or lately I've been doing a verse will stick out with me. And my friend, Elisa Keaton said to memorize scripture, you should draw it, like draw pictures. And so I'll like do these little, it looks like Egyptian hieroglyphics or something like these little symbols for each word. And all of a sudden 10 minutes. And it's like that verse is in my head for the rest of the day. And so Yeah. So those are some things that I'm learning. It's like, it doesn't have to be the hour or the 30 minutes, or maybe you're not in a season of being able to do a Beth Moore Bible study, but taking that 10 minutes and just copying scripture during homeschool with your kids while they're doing their handwriting or, you know, those moments. It's so good. It's such a great reminder that it is not just like, did I check off the 30 minutes in the morning, but it is throughout Mm -hmm. the day. I remember I used to tell young moms, I'm like, open your Bible and just leave it on the table. You know, you're going to be at the table 800 more times during the day (laughs) and you just read one verse, you know, and there you are. It's Mm -hmm. so encouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, I would like to also ask you this about women. There's this, you know, this we're always talking about like follow your dreams and what's your calling and change that. And that's important to me because I think that women have a calling on their life that's bigger than marriage and motherhood. I think marriage and motherhood Mm -hmm. are phenomenal. I'm grateful that I have both of them, but I have plenty of women in my life who are not married or are married with no Mm -hmm. children. And I don't think that they're any less important or valuable to the kingdom. And so how Mm -hmm. do you look at your own personal life? Totally. I love that question, Jamie, and one that is so important. You know, it's funny because I feel like it can be so easy for me to put myself or others in a box like, oh, I'm a stay at home mom or they're a working mom or, you know, like they're a career woman. And I'm just realizing, like, let's just blow that up because that's not like reality. And it's really like living in rhythm with the Lord. And he has different seasons for us, different things that he calls us to. And a few years ago, I listened to 
just a little podcast that Jenny Allen had posted about the myth of balancing it all. And she had said this line, I need to go back to it, but basically she's talking about like, if you feel like you're needing to do something out of pride, like I need to do this to prove this or like I can like just prideful, then you probably shouldn't do it. And if you are feeling called to something, but you have fear is stopping you and you're like, oh no, I could never do that. Then you most likely should do it. And so I feel like that like really, I need to go back and really remember how she said it, but that really transformed me because I feel like a lot of the things I didn't want to do was based out of fear. And I realized once the fear came down, it's like I heard the Lord's voice and he was like, hey, you need to do this. And it was like, I'm so fearful, Lord, but I will do anything. Like just that prayer, like I'll do anything, whether that is a season of being primarily at home and showing up for my kids each day and homeschooling or cooking or whatever that is. Or it's like he wants me to write a book or to do a podcast series or go travel somewhere and speak. It's like, I just will do anything for you, Lord. And I think I just got a bigger picture of the kingdom. And it's like, we are all part of the kingdom and we all get to serve in different ways, in different seasons. And when he puts something in your heart, like he will bring it to completion. Like we just have to say anything, Lord. And I feel like he just put this burning desire, like this burning fire in my heart where it was like, this is the one life I get. And at wherever I am, whoever I'm with, whatever role I have, I want to give Jesus away. And so maybe in my day-to-day, that looks like doing laundry and having a heart-to-heart with my child and dealing with that tantrum for the 20th time. Or maybe to in my day, that looks like I get to travel somewhere and speak at something. And neither one is more important than the other. They all are part of the kingdom and they all have such significance that we get to like proclaim Jesus and give him away. And so, and I'm thinking of Matthew when he says like, go and make disciples of all nations for I am with you. Making disciples looks different in all different seasons and with all different people and how he's created you. But to just be like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but just, I feel like I need Christine Kane right now with her like fire, like, <laughs> yes, just <we> like <laughs> you know, like go for it. Like however you can give Jesus away, do it and do it with all your heart. So good. There's so much freedom in that because I can't stop and look at your life and think, man, I'd really be living for the kingdom. If I, if I had a life like Alyssa, I'd really Mm -hmm. be living for the kingdom. If I had a life like Christine and God's actually like, I've given you everything you need now go and make disciples. And I am with you. It's so much Mm -hmm. freedom wherever you are in your life. Right. And joy. And knowing too, like every season is different. And I'm realizing if there is a dream you have, but right now the answer is not yet, then to know like this time isn't wasted. God is building in you the character that you need for when that time does come. So I think there's hope too, when maybe you are in you know, a season of littles and you don't have the capacity right now to do certain things you want to do, but knowing like this is a really good season too. And God is building in you the character that you need for when the time does come. And I'm always so grateful whenever the time comes, I'm like, whew, I'm glad I didn't have this back then, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Which is why it's so important with the message that you have in your book about satisfied, finding hope, joy, and contentment right where you are, because that Mm -hmm. affects everything we do. Every dream we feel from God, every calling he puts on our life, every season he puts in front of us, that satisfaction with right where we are, it changes the Mm -hmm. way we approach everything that God brings to us. And so I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. your words. 
Mm, thanks, Jamie. Oh. All right, Alyssa, I would love to know, what are you loving these days and what are you reading? Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. I'm in a lot of books right now. I'm reading The Soul of Shame. and um, which is, is that Kurt Thompson? Yes. Really I've good. I've read pieces <laughs> of that book and I need to sit down and read the entire thing because I know it's so amazing. I know. I feel like you can only read it in pieces, though, because it's kind of like... So heavy. You're like, yeah. It's, yeah, you're like, okay. And then I'm reading this book called Gentle and Lowly. Have you read it? It's I'm on my sure. desk right now. Dane Ortland. Yes. Okay. Well, I posted about it last week and everyone was like, oh, isn't that the best book? I'm like, how did I not hear about this book until now? It's literally the one of the best books I've ever read. My so, husband read it, it and said that it was one of the the best books that he ever read ever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to get this book. Yes. And in fact, this, this is behind the scenes of the podcast world. We're talking right now. And by the time this show airs, he's already been on the show. So Oh, I can't I wait. wait. I haven't interviewed him yet when I'm interviewing okay. him, but I cannot wait to interview him. And he's oh. going to be on the show. Well, he already was. There we are. He yeah. already was. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, man. Yeah. So that is like, I highly recommend. I feel like you need to read that next to the Bible. And then things I'm loving right now. So this is going to be, um, well, one, I'm loving this growth journal. Have you ever heard of that? Who is it from? Who puts it out? Called, shoot, I should have known that. It's on, it's on Instagram. It's like rooted growth or just type in growth journal. It's like, um, I don't have it with me right now. It's this beautiful linen journal that has like, you can write however you want, but it's, they lay it out where you can organize it. There's a table of contents. So like, cause my journals, I love journaling, but I'm always all over the place. So Uh I never go back. So I'm like, I don't know where I wrote that, but this is like, you write it. There's a page number, you write it in the table contents. So like all my satisfied things, I can go to the table contents be like, oh, my satisfied talk is on page da da or my podcast series is da 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 or my kids, my prayers, they're on this page. So it's like, that's really I'm a great it. idea. Whoever thought of that. Yes. And then they have like prayer requests, God's faithfulness, memory verses, books you've read. So it's just like a really good keepsake too. I know a lot of people, again, I already said I, I'm not much of a journaler, but I want to be mm-hmm. like, it, I literally yeah. want to be, I don't want to do it because I think I should. <laughs> I think there's power in it. I acknowledge that. Yeah. But a lot of people will be like, I went and I looked through all my old journals and you know how much easier their life would be if they had a table of contents in those journals? Exactly. I literally have like a huge bin of journals in our attic. And I'm like, I wish I had a table of contents. So I'd be like, oh, the summer when I was in love yes. with so-and-so or, you know. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So you're loving your growth journal. What else? Okay. And then I am so loving. Have you seen the movie on Netflix, A Week Away? No. Is it? Have like- you heard of it? No. Tell me. Okay. I was wondering if your kids have watched it. It may be too cheesy. It's pretty much like High School Musical, but about a Christian summer camp. And they redid all like Stephen Curtis Chapman songs and... Like, okay. and they did, it's my favorite. I love I'm it so much. I'm smiling at you as the listeners can't hear because <laughs> I have not seen it personally, but my daughter has seen it a million times. And the reason okay. I know she's seen it a million times <laughs> is because I heard her watching it the first time I'm in my house. And all of a sudden I hear all these like old songs from like 20 yes. years ago. And I'm like, yes, how much do we know about these songs to play them? And it was in uh, the, uh, it was like Stephen Curtis Chapman in the yes. movie. Yep. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I love the album. I love the movie. It's pretty much what I 
like pictured my life being like in high school. I thought my life was a musical, except that she ends up with the boy. And so I just love it. Like, it's just the best. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, I'm going to have to like spend some time with Story and watch it with her because that's hilarious. Yeah, watch it with her, especially were you in like youth group and Christian camps growing up, Stephen Curtis Chapman era? So that would have been like, like this song, Saddle Up Your Horses, that kind of era yeah. song was mm-hmm. when Aaron and I were married. And so okay. I didn't start following Jesus till I was 21. And so I think I went to one youth camp, Alyssa, and I think the whole time I was seeing if I could make out with my boyfriend. So I was sure. not there <laughs> for the growth of the Lord. I was probably there to see how do I sneak out of this place. But then when Aaron and I got married, awesome. I remember all those Stephen Curtis Chapman songs. And so, yeah. Yes. Well, I just, it was just like the perfect era for me. So yeah. Oh, and then the last thing is Ruth Joe Simon's new Bible. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. I just carried it around with me all throughout the day. So I already had an ESV journal Bible, but this one's just so pretty. It's so, so beautiful. Everything thing. she does is beautiful. And then put it on top of the Bible, God's word. I'm like, can this get any right. better? Ruth and right. Jesus. Here we are. I love it. <laughs> It's It's the best. It's the best. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the happy hour and Mm. your book. Congratulations. Satisfied just released yesterday. So you guys, I will put all the links in the show notes, but you can go check it out. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jamie. Bye. You guys, I now know that you are all a fan of the whole entire Bethke family. Now that you've heard Jeff, her husband on the show, and Alyssa today, her book, Satisfied, Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment Right Where You Are, released yesterday. I encourage you to get your hands on it. And maybe even you might find yourself in Hawaii with the Bethkees staying at their bed and breakfast. I want to make sure that you heard something when I asked her about studying her Bible with three young kids. I want to make sure you heard all of the different ways that she meets with Jesus in the midst of her mundane, everyday life. Sometimes it's through Christine Uncle's lullaby song. Sometimes it's through reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to her children, which, side note, if you do not have a copy of that, please get it, no matter how old you are or if you have kids or not. Or maybe it is writing down scripture word for word in her journal. That is the encouragement that I hope anyone who's listening, whether you are parenting little kids or you are just in a busy season of life, that you can see that God wants to meet with you in those everyday moments all throughout the day. It's not just something we check off 30 minutes in the morning. You guys, I loved my conversation. If you want to hear more, make sure you check out our bonus content that we have over on YouTube, where I ask Alyssa about dreams and callings in different seasons of our lives. Friends, thanks for listening today. It is a joy every time we put a show out for you. And I seriously am honored every time you send me a message and say, oh my gosh, God really showed me something in that episode. And I am confident that he's doing that today through this show. Today's show was edited by the team at Podshaper. The music was created for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abby Castell. The whole thing is put together and produced by Lindsay Sweeney. And I'm your host, Jamie Ivey. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Alyssa today. Have a happy hour with a friend. Get outside. I hope that this is a great week for you in the middle of June. And come back on Friday for my conversation with Liz Curtis-Higgs for our Encounter series. Thanks, friends. See you Friday.